Thanks for taking the time to listen to our 3D OrthoPro podcast. If you'd like to get any more information on Piro, 8Soul or Raptor, please visit our website at www.3dorthopro.com or drop us an email at info at 3dorthopro.com. Okay, good uh, good day, everybody. Um, uh, this is uh, Doug from 3D OrthoPro here, um, and we are doing our second interview with uh, Jan Rosicki, who is the co-founder and head of business development at Invent Medical. Um, and we're just going to have a chat today a little bit around uh, 3D printing in prosthetics and orthotics. Um, and if anyone's going to know information about that, it's going to be Jan, who's uh, been, well, will you tell me how long have you been uh, 3D, 3D printing uh, orthoses and prostheses? So uh, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's a pleasure and uh, it's great uh, to talk to you. We've been working with uh, 3D Ortho products and uh, Steve, namely, mm-hmm. for many, many years. And uh, it's been a very successful partnership. So we are very happy, uh, you know, for this. And uh, yeah, to together, you know, develop the UK market. And, uh, you know, Invent Medical, we are the team, you know, behind... Uh, what we hope is a truly new generation of you know, patient-specific 3D-printed OMP devices. And our big goal uh, is to democratize uh, you know, the, the vast potential of 3D printing uh, to all clinicians. So you know, all of them uh, could benefit from this technology. So it's because it's not very you know, easy to get started with 3D printing. And uh, we know it well, we started about uh, 10 years ago and uh, when I say we, uh, I, I mean mainly my father, uh, who is the CEO of our company. And uh, he actually has a PhD from mechanical engineering uh, before he came on, uh, you know, uh, went on to become the certified prosthetist and orthotist. So uh, th- that's probably, you know, the, 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 the start, the origin of our journey that uh, my father, he likes to just, you know, look for new technology and then bring it, you know, to the OMP field. Because if I, if I understand some of the history, I mean, it's not like you just started in prosthetics and orthotics 10 years ago. Your, your dad has worked in the industry for, for a long time. And um, prior to that, you guys were already manufacturing uh, prosthetics and orthotics in, in Czech Republic. Um, exactly, yeah. So although... Our- Invent is 10 years old. You guys have been doing this for even, even longer than, than that. Exactly. So, uh, you know, my father, he's been in the business uh, since 1991. So uh, it's 30 years. Yeah. And yeah. Invent Medical is a spin-off of actually uh, our two original companies. The first is the traditional orthotic and prosthetic, you know, manufacturing uh, like CFAB and distributor. And uh, the second, so, so they started uh, 30 years ago. And uh, about 20 years ago, uh, you know, we started our own uh, clinical facilities. Uh, currently, uh, we treat about 10,000 patients each year just in our uh, wow. facilities. You know, so it's really that's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's really a general OMP. So it starts, you know, with uh, uh, food orthotics, and and uh, it's you know any kinds of uh, uh, orthoses and prosthesis. So. Um, you know, it's this unique combination of uh, technical know-how and clinical know-how uh, and this, you know, uh, experience with 3D printing that really clicked together 
and uh, and uh, helped us, you know, to 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 do the Invent Medical, uh, which is basically a spin-off. Oh, cool. And um, so, kind of continuing down the line, just getting a few questions in around the, um, just kind of getting a basic understanding of how, of what you're doing, how you're doing it. Um, and to start with kind of describing what type of printers uh, you guys are, are using. Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of hype about uh, 3D printing uh, now. And uh, what we need to, you know, understand or what I tell, you know, people first is, uh, you know, the 3D printing, that's a name for almost 10 different technologies. You know, there's the FDM, SLS, SLA, MJF, Polyjet, uh, many, many of them. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, they really, really, uh, you know, differ in price, speed, material, mechanical properties. And uh, they are definitely, you know, not all equal. And I think the, uh, probably the, uh, you know, uh, hype uh, is about you know the 3d printing we're, we're gonna make it cheaper and faster and uh, it's possible but but probably a little bit different you know than uh, people think because that's a that's a big uh, big investment you know into these printers so uh, probably a lot of people in our industry you know have heard about uh, this fdm which is the desktop printer you know a, a nozzle that extrudes the heated filament and uh, you know it's it's suitable for you know, not really for, for, for uh, producing, you know, durable or uh, reliable uh, orthotic and prosthetic products. Uh, it, you know, differs a lot in mechanical properties, especially in Z-axis. So then, you know, people say 3D printing doesn't work, it breaks, but it's, it's just, you know, this very, uh, you know, thin part of 3D printing that is more suitable, you know, for maybe temporary devices or, or for ho hobbyists. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I think our industry really needs to explore the full range of 3D printing and go beyond FDM and yeah. uh, really, you know, to utilize the real opportunity, you know, that the 3D printing offers. And that's, you know, why we work uh, very closely with the Hewlett Packard uh, HP. So uh, that's uh, the kind of printer that we utilize. And then there's, you know, a, a lot of uh, other equipment, you know, for post-processing. So it's, yeah. it's not as just, you know, plug and play the 3D printer yeah. and, and press, yeah. you know, Print me the blue orthosis. Because <laughs> yeah, because the for, for I guess for people that, that don't know uh, that the, the the printing happens and then there's the the cooling time and then there's mm -hmm. the other processes which is follow that which are to, to kind of prepare the product. And um, although it's it is very economical uh, because of the you can reuse the the, the powder uh, that you print with, but it still has to go through a kind of cleaning a, a cooling process and a cleaning process. And a, and a color process to before it's then then ready to go. So it, although these processes are, would you say, quite automatic, they're 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 not uh, labor intensive uh, as kind of traditional methods, and um, they still take a bit of time to to do. Definitely, they do. You know, and there's a the hype. Uh, you know, I I said there's hype, but definitely there's huge huge benefit. You know, to three D printing. And there's many studies, you know, they say that like uh, one in three custom-made orthotic and prosthetic products will be 3D printed in, uh, let's say, about six years. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I believe it's going to be more than that. Uh, you know, yeah. already today, as we speak, about, you know, 400,000, uh, you know, custom medical, uh, you know, devices are 3D printed every day. Uh, in right. The, every day. So, so that's... Uh, it's, it's huge. And, you know, orthotic and prosthetic field, it's definitely, you know, the next industry that will be 
massively, you know, impacted. And and I believe, you know, to to benefit both clinicians and patients by 3D printing. So, uh, you know, and uh, there's a reason uh, why why uh, I think so, and why you know we see this trend. Yeah. Um, because you know the 3D printing it offers something that's uh, called like a design freedom. So uh, for the first time, you know we can uh, design and actually manufacture what we design. You know with uh, very little limitations. So uh, you know the products that you you can see in uh, yeah. our portfolio. You know the the number one reason why we started experimenting with 3D printed is that you know the traditional fabrication, the process of it, and the materials. They were holding us back, you know, we really, you know, heard feedback from our, uh, you know, patients that they would like something more briefable, lightweight, thinner, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. but we were not able to achieve it, you know, with the standard yeah. fabrication. And that's where really the benefit of, uh, of 3D printing is. Yeah, and it's a combination of, of, of what most orthoses are trying to do, uh, which is provide stiffness uh, and resistance in in uh, in several planes of mo movement, and then traditionally it's very difficult to, to to make them different in different directions. Whereas with three D printing, you are able to move into something which is a bit more unique and uh, diverse in what it can offer uh, to patients, and 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 that kind of translate as kind of thinner, lightweight. Uh, but also durable and reliable, because um, you were talking earlier about the um, like how uh, making sure that they don't fail or fracture, and um, and I will go on to talk about that a little bit in a, later on. But I think that what you talked about now kind of leads on to like the material that it's actually made from. I think um, I think that's quite interesting. I don't know how much you're happy to to divulge, but uh, can you tell me anything about? what you are, what material you're actually printing from. Mm. Yeah, so uh, we use uh, nylon, uh, so uh, polyamide uh, 12, 11, you know, different different nylon materials. And, uh, you know, in general, uh, I wouldn't say this material is uh, better than the, you know, copolymers we traditionally, you know, use in uh, orthotic and prosthetics. That's really where, uh, you know, the benefit of uh, 3D printing uh, comes, you know, this design freedom, because we can, manipulate the and control you know the material on the submillimeter level so we can use you know the same material to be very uh, durable and uh, uh, stiff you know in one part of the device and really nicely flexible in the other part you know and make it work as a, a closure system and so on so we have uh, this amount of control that really the mechanical properties are almost more controlled uh, by design that the material itself and uh, that's uh, you know what is probably another misconception or what people uh, forget uh, when they talk about 3d printing the design is the most crucial part 3d printing itself it can you know create amazing products terrible products it's not a guarantee for anything it just you know uh, unlocks this potential of really utilizing advanced design and the design that's you know where it comes to if the device is uh, better than what we can do traditionally uh, yeah. or not. And I think the big thing that you're handing over with the, again, we're going to talk about the apps and things, but what that kind of allows people to do is to take kind of full control of what they're prescribing to their to their patients, um, which I think might scare some clinicians initially, but I think when people get used to that, having that control over the whole prescription in terms of 
you know, drawing the trim lines, and they're not actually drawing, you're manipulating the trim lines through the apps, and you're, you're choosing the design features um, almost live to create that, um, that product while the patient is there, uh, and then literally sending it off to be made. Um, and obviously with the help of the algorithms which you guys develop, uh, that, that kind of what, what creates the, the kind of unique product that you get at the end of it. Um, which is which is so cool um, for for clinicians to see that that's coming to them in the future that they can they can take that and can control it and, and and have some really great products to prescribe at the end of the day, um, and that kind of leads me to to kind of go on to what where the idea of of, of this whole process came from because it's not just the three D printing that you're doing it's it's the whole experience that you kind of create through. The, the various apps that are, are kind of out there because you've got um, Tally, is, is that right? That Tally would have been out the longest um, and that's uh, for the cranial remoulding orthosis and then eight soles out and running as well and early adopter stage for for Piro for, for, for kids is, is it's also happening. So where, where did these this whole kind of concept come from? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the original idea was, as, uh, as I mentioned, we wanted to move beyond traditional fabrication, beyond the limitations, and uh, you know, to achieve the improvement in uh, comfort, function, and aesthetics. And uh, 3D printing you know, really turned out to be the only solution to that, at least now. And uh, you know, once we knew this and started to learn more about 3D printing, then we had uh, another bottleneck uh, to solve. And uh, that's the same bottleneck why, uh, you know, which causes that the 3D printing hasn't really taken off yet uh, so much. And that's you know, the, to achieve the design that is really so advanced that the product is durable, safe, you know, uh, perfectly fits, uh, and really brings this um, improvement in comfort. It's very, very complex and difficult design, you know, and to do it for each patient in a scalable way, you know, that, that wouldn't make it extremely expensive. That's a big, big task. And, you know, um, up until, uh, you know, our solution, what was, you know, already available on the market is, of course, you know, the various CAD softwares. And, uh, you know, that's the real bottleneck because to ask, you know, clinician or even a technician, you know, to use this software to design, you know, such products that we offer today, that uh, takes years of training and uh, then, you know, hours of design in each device, which, you know, of course, nobody would pay for. And, uh, and, and that would never scale, you know, and uh, our goal was uh, not to only develop a tool for ourselves, which was the primary uh, motivation, but to also bring it, you know, to other uh, practitioners and help them. And uh, even in our company, which, uh, you know, we do, uh, let's say, 90% uh, you know, of the processes with uh, 3D scanning, uh, in our uh, clinical uh, facility, still only a very small percentage of people can work with uh, CAD. And uh, we knew, you know, we will never do designers out of clinicians and uh, we can never do, you know, uh, clinicians out of designers. So it's really a multidisciplinary team that has to work on uh, designing these products. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, to do this in a way that... Uh, patients or you know insurance company would pay for it had to yeah. be automatic scalable reliable so we had to design our own system that would do that so that uh, turned out to be necessity and um, so so what it actually or what we ended up with 
is the very simple to use software actually that uh, you know everybody who can use a touch screen or you know can use a very basic you know let's say apps on iphone ipad or just you know email uh, that really people will be able or are able to use our software so we really wanted to democratize uh, you know this uh, great advanced products and design to make it you know available to every clinician and really base it on their clinical and technical experience and not you know on the teaching them how, how to become designers because that's that's not possible yeah and that's essentially what you've done is taken out the need for the person at the end process so that it's kind of done automatically and that's the whole kind of crux of the the, the, the app is that you you design it as the orthotist or prosthetist you send it in and it gets sorted out automatically and then gets made so it, uh, it that, that kind of in the long term you can see longevity in in that setup and that plan i mean i understand it is you guys constantly work on improvements and product development it's just constantly happening all the time because there are um other products that are in development at the moment um that you've got which are the the PO for adults um the arm orthosis the tt socket and is there a partial foot prosthesis as well is that something else you guys are looking at too and and that's is that the will that be all of it or do you think you'll just keep going as you once you kind of get through all those <laughs> do you think you'll just keep adding products as, as you kind of see a market for them or definitely so you know uh, we have a big ambition. Uh, we we want to be, you know, a full uh, provider, you know, of uh, of all product lines. So uh, we started with products that we have the most uh, clinical and technical experience with. So we do, you know, uh, all the products that we now offer. We do, uh, you know, uh, tons of them with three D printing and also before, you know, uh, with uh, traditional fabrication. So that's why, you know, what enabled us uh, to get started easily. Uh, but yeah, we want to offer, you know, the full line of uh, orthotic and prosthetic products and uh, really be a number one in, in, in this, you know, niche segment of uh, 3D printed, um, you know, uh, custom made devices. And uh, yeah, we believe that's the, that will be the default uh, in the near future. And, uh, you know, that's, that's why we designed the apps the way we did. I would compare it to uh, probably a car, uh, you know, car uh, online configurator. So, you know, you or the clinician is still, you know, the brain. We are just, you know, your hands. So you are responsible for the uh, clinical in, uh, input, you know, for the anatomical data and clinical requirements. Uh, but you don't uh, have to uh, really be invested into making sure that uh, this gets actually fulfilled, you know, in the in the product. So uh, you set the requirements, which is uh, very different from people uh, what they do today. But uh, actually. Uh, amazingly um, simple mm -hmm. and you know that's you know choosing which uh, engine goes into the car and which uh, you know color uh, you want yeah. to have and uh, wheels and so on so you very easily you know in a structured way uh, follow the wizard uh, to configure it uh, also influence the trim lines uh, and then we manufacture you know the product and we uh, guarantee that you know it's going to be safe and durable uh, product it's going to fit perfectly and have this, you know, improved uh, comfort. So it's a really a end-to-end um, -end solution. Yeah, it, it is. A, it is a, it's not just as simple as it looks, is it? There's a lot behind the, the simplicity of the of the apps. Um, and I, that kind of leads me to asking about quality testing. So, like, people are, are aware of like what you guys are doing 
uh, behind the scenes as well in terms of developing the apps, but you're also quality testing all these products. Is that, that's right, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a little bit you know, nervous about other companies offering 3D printed products because I see that they just you know, design something you know, one of a kind and uh, they design it, print it, and put it directly on the patient. And that's, you know, I think for medical field, especially, you know, with the new MDR uh, regulatory, just, just, you know, so risky. We shouldn't use, you know, our uh, patients as a test subjects as guinea pigs. So, uh, you know, everything we do, uh, we actually uh, design the product uh, always a couple of years and in iterations. So we design a basic uh, product which we test with uh, computational analysis, with simulations. And then we have our in-house uh, lab also, you know, for crash tests or cyclic testing, you know, depending on uh, which product it is. So that we are completely, you know, uh, sure of the product durability of the product safety before we fit it on the first patient. Uh, then uh, once we are, you know, sure with this uh, basic development, we move to the clinical testing which we do at our clinical facility. Uh, for example, you know, with the cranials, we have about uh, almost 1,000 patients per year, so we can really test it well. And uh, the same applies, you know, for food orthotics and uh, AFOs, masks. So uh, then, you know, we test it with our patients and uh, do very small changes, you know, uh, one by one. So each time we see, you know, something should be improved, uh, we do uh, what we call iteration, and you know, we just change a little bit, you know, this small part of the product, test it again, uh, verify it, validate it, and, you know, uh, do this change. So actually for all the products that are on the market, we did about, you know, from 200 to 600 of iterations uh, of this product, you know, to just really make it uh, refined, optimized. And that's why we so far don't have a huge, you know, uh, uh, portfolio of products, but we, focus you know on a couple of them to get them you know completely right to make sure you know they are they are uh, consistent uh, they uh, um, have uh, the highest quality and then we move on the another product but that being said you know we don't consider any of our products to be ever finished if we start yeah. you know improving listening to our customers in implementing the feedback then you know we are done and and we see you know that that happened to many many companies uh, in our field, in, uh, in other fields. So it's, it's really a constant development. And uh, we um, really think that, you know, without listening to customers, you can never do it. So of course we do this uh, big, you know, let's say first three years in-house of the product development, but then, you know, we take additional like, uh, um, you know, years of uh, when the product is already available that we, really encourage our customers to tell us, you know, the, the feedback, maybe there's some add-on missing, some feature, maybe they like uh, some design change and uh, they have their own preference in, uh, in trim lines that maybe they cannot achieve with the, our software today. So we are constantly, you know, uh, implementing changes and improving uh, the products. And that comes as a default, you know, as a, as a software update that is free of charge and available to all our customers globally. Yeah, and I think uh, just, as a nod to that, we've just had the heel cup depth adjustment and uh, reverse mortars put onto Aitzel, which is a testament to what you've said. It's feedback from, I certainly was asking for the reverse mortars and uh, 
you guys uh, had a few other requests and then there it is it's on the app now so that everyone can can can, can have that on there so it, uh, i think that's what's great we're working with you guys is that it is very open and you can ask and speak to yourself and say can we um can we can we consider these things and see where see where see what the, the rest of the world thinks as well and um, i guess that kind of along the same lines i just wanted to kind of another subject that probably people struggle with in the kind of OMP world is kind of repeatability and um, especially when it's kind of a, a very manual task and uh, prior to 3D printing what is the repeatability uh, like on 3D printing versus the kind of more traditional methods? Yeah so that's uh, another huge huge uh, improvement you know and, and benefit of 3D printing because the type of uh, 3D printers we use, uh, they are really uh, industrial grade, uh, you know, printers. The um, companies from aerospace and car manufacturers use these. And um, uh, as a part of, uh, you know, quality assurance, after we print the devices, we also do, you know, a lot of uh, uh, quality assurance steps like dimensional, you know, verification and visual verification and inspection uh, to make sure that really what uh, data we sent to the printer, we actually got uh, out of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do a lot of uh, verification steps even before we start printing so to ensure uh, the data is correct. And uh, um, there should be 100% repeatability, uh, you know, in, uh, in what we do. Um, it's uh, about 95% because of the new features, you know, that we add and so on, but, uh, in uh, simply said, if you upload, uh, you know, to us the same scan, do the same uh, clinical requirements, such as you know trim lines or weight of the patient and so on, because we optimize uh, each device also based on uh, another parameters to make sure it's really custom, you know, to each patient, um, and just with enough flexibility, you know, to what they need, uh, then you always get the same uh, outcome. Uh, because we developed our own uh, algorithms and, you know, uh, really huge software uh, to ensure that uh, we eliminate, you know, the human factor uh, risk, you know, that uh, somebody would yeah. uh, do a mistake or, you yeah. know, that somebody maybe was on a party yesterday. And just, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And availability uh, and technician yeah. skills and all that kind of stuff that you occasionally see here, like when you try and order um footwear or RFOs or, or whatnot that you you do sometimes no not every time but you, you'll get this variability in in, in, uh, in fit which you know I think 3D printing can can kind of help to like you say you can put a number on it now can you can see it's 95% whereas before it would be hard to 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 even to judge that um apart from saying it, it should be an exact repeat because it's the same prescription but the process is, is harder to, uh, has, has more chance of error. Mm, definitely. You know, I think that's a big uh, mind shift or, you know, change of mindset uh, needed, you know, in uh, OMP now because of 3D printing uh, or maybe before 3D printing, you know, we do a lot of changes, you know, in the fitting session. We just, you know, uh, take cast, uh, you know, drape the plastics and so on. But then we do, you know, a lot of adjustments throughout the whole treatment. And uh, with 3D printing, we can have really nicely fitting uh, and precisely fitting devices that don't really require uh, almost any changes, you know, during the treatment. So uh, 
with our products, we believe the clinicians, depending on the product line, uh, can save up to 50% of the clinical time. And uh, it just requires, you know, a bit more precision in the beginning, which 3D scanning, you know, offers. And uh, uh, there's actually great, you know, similarity. I saw a nice video how the cars in the East Germany were made. And, you know, they, uh, you know, like put them together and then took a big hammer just, you know, to close the doors <laughs> and, you know, so everything would like really fit the parts. And that's what we do today, you know, with uh, OMP. And you see how yeah. the car industry changed, you know, imagine that you would uh, buy a new BMW and just, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't close the door. So you would take a hammer and just, you know, smash it <laughs> yeah, yeah. until, you know, it's closed. And that's, yeah. that's the change that's coming, you know, to OMP, uh, the 3D printing inevitably and and everybody will benefit and i think um one of the big things that a lot of people are thinking that yeah 3d printing sounds really cool uh, look at those amazing products that uh the invent are coming up with and but i think sometimes the bit that scares the clinicians is the learning of a new process um, and kind of going through that um kind of phase where you do have to learn it and because the, the control of of the, the product is completely in the hands of the clinician and um, that you know so you're saying that the accuracy of the product is high but then that all relies back to what the clinician inputs into the app uh, and sometimes that takes a little bit of time to learn like you know do i um do i add two mil or or, or four mil or the or the allowance on the afos and, and until you've kind of done that once or twice and, and, and done it regularly so you get efficient at the at the kind of process that that's the bit that people are really scared to take that first step for and um, to go into it and they almost assume that this 3d printed product so it would be perfect no matter what the data is that goes into it um, but it, i think that's where people have to kind of take the responsibility and 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 say that you know I, I have to learn this process because it's new so i get the best out of it and then i think once you've got past that then you become uh, you, you, you'll get that, that time-saving effect in clinic and you'll be given out products which are very accurate because you can control, you know how to control the variables that go into it. And I think that's certainly what, what I see from this end in the UK, like talking to people about the products is, um, is uh, like, you know, moving away from a process that they're comfortable with to, to take on something new uh, and, and learn it. Um, but that's the, probably one of the, the main barriers at the moment there's a lot of it lots of interest in 3d printing but people want 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 to uh perhaps not have to go through the process of of understanding uh how, how it all happens and, and how they control it and that, that but i think um i have another question um you've kind of answered the the the, the one of them the advantages we've kind of talked to that through all but what what would you say the, the challenges of using 3D, 3D manufacturing for, for orthoses and prostheses is? Yeah, I think uh, it's exactly what you just uh, said. You know, that's, uh, that's the barrier to entry, you know, barrier yeah. to start. And uh, we really worked hard to, you know, minimize it and make it as simple as possible to start. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we believe that we are, you know, the simplest, you know, solution now. Uh, if you want to start with 3D printing, Tomorrow, you know, mm -hmm. if you choose a, a 3D OP, uh, you know, solution in the medical, you can you can really uh, do that. And uh, you know, we have customers that never did 
3D printing before, that never did 3D scanning before, and uh, or never did you know cranials before, and they were, they were really able to uh, to start, and uh, you know they were surprised how actually short the learning curve is. Of course, it's uh, you need to step out of your comfort zone just yeah, to do yeah, things okay. uh, differently, which people hate. At the same time, uh, we really try to mimic you know the uh, process of our customers that they're used to as much as possible, especially with uh, pediatric airfalls or with the TT socket, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, uh, you know, are you used to modify uh, your data, you know, your, your cast, you, you, you just scan, you know, the modified data. Are you able to, are, are you used to, you know, just cast and ship the cast, uh, you know, just uh, scan the cast uh, that you took. So uh, it's, uh, it's really to, have to, as, as uh, much of the process similar to what people do today and uh, what is new uh, to actually make it you know easier than what they uh, have to do today as well you know to make it easier than uh, adjustments or you know maybe doing the trim lines today and so on so it's uh, it's it's much simpler actually than it uh, than it seems and uh, we worked very hard uh, to make it uh, simple do you, have, do you have any challenges on on the 3d printing side that you uh, that you see so I, that's kind of on the user side the challenges of kind of getting people to uh to kind of take a take a try at it and see how they go but do you get challenges with 3d printing on your side uh, on the manufacturing side are there challenges that you overcome that were difficult or do you find that um it's more the fact that it's so open with 3d printing that it's kind of trying to organize it uh so that it's mm. it's, it's straightforward yeah it's a uh... Yeah, 3D printing, it's so, so complex. And I would say there's like 20,000 variables to get everything right. So, you know, that's why we decided to, uh, by default, uh, provide the end-to-end solution to really, you know, provide the finished product, you know, or semi-product to our customers, Um, you know, instead of just uh, giving them data, you know, and print it themselves. Uh, yeah. because just a very few companies are are able uh, to do that. And, And there's a lot of, yeah requirements and and a huge investment needed to do it so uh uh, of course you know every every day there's uh, something you need to solve with 3d printing and we are very very uh you know happy to have uh, such strong partner you know in uk for uh 3d printing uh because that's uh that's really a very uh experienced skilled company and and uh, they provide us very good uh you know feedback um, to even improve, you know, some some things on our side. That's that's uh, Yuri and uh, Steve and all their years of uh, <laughs> working together. Um, oh, yeah. And so I, I guess kind of bringing it into the web of clues is uh, a couple of other questions which are a bit more about the future. Um, it's kind of asking you what because there are more and more uh, across the across the world now companies that are coming out with um, you know, 3D printing solutions. Um, what kind of sets Invent apart from, from the rest, do you reckon? Hmm. You know, so, we are... Question, I didn't write that one down and give it to you earlier. <laughs> I came up with it. I thought that's a good question. I'll ask you that. Sorry, that's cold. So <laughs> I, I, knew, I, I knew you'd have an answer. Yeah, you know, we are not really concerned with competition because uh, what we are concerned is our customers. And that's why, you know, we need to listen to them and and really, uh, you know, implement all, uh, you know, feedback that makes sense. And if we do that, you know, then uh, we are the best. And, uh, and uh, 
no competition really matters. So, yeah. you know, of course there's company like uh, Autobock, which has, you know, huge market access and, and uh, huge, you know, infrastructure. But in terms of 3D printing, you know, we, we really think that uh, we have, uh, you know, something very, very unique compared to all other companies. And uh, they are, you know, losing a couple of years to uh, where we are. And in a couple of years, we need to be, uh, yeah. again, um, many steps before. So, yeah, we're, we're not concerned with competition we're concerned yeah. with our customers and uh, and that's really uh, the only thing that matters to us and then finally kind of going forward how, how i know well you might say that this has already happened but um the way 3d printing is changing and shaping O&P um what do you see the future kind of holding for it now because from your experience of what you've already gone through which is new to people um, in the last few years, you've been doing for 10 years. So what do you kind of see as a next advance or, or kind of positive for, for our profession? Definitely. So, you know, I think very soon it's going to become just a standard, you know, and uh, it, it will be uh, basically everybody, you know, doing uh, 3D printed products in, in our field, especially, you know, some of them, um, they will not make uh, it wouldn't make sense to to do them, you know, with uh, any other type of fabrication, and uh, this will be enabled uh, because of a quite, uh, you know, uh, significant, um, uh, significantly lower, you know, prices of three uh, D scanning. Yeah. Very soon we will be scanning, you know, with uh, iPhone or, mm -hmm. or different phones. Uh, I'm I'm sure the price of three D printing will also, you know, keep getting lower, and you know everything now is getting more expensive, right? But uh, 3D printing, that's like, you know, phones or computers, when they started, they were expensive, but uh, every every day or every year, you know, we see that more and more powerful computers and phones are just, you know, cheaper and cheaper. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. gonna happen to 3D printing. So, you know, we started more on a high-end, you know, premium, uh, you know, product offering when we started. Yeah. We already are getting, you know, significantly to mainstream, and uh, yeah. you know, one day I'm, 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 and soon I'm sure we will start seeing it also in, you know, NHS. To yeah, really, that, you know, that's exactly what uh, I was thinking. That's that's the kind of area where you can make, if you can, if you can offer a, a time-saving uh, kind of element to it, plus your, the cost is coming down in line with traditional methods, then it's um, it's going it's going to be such a good. Um, uh, way forward for for the whole industry um, and especially the NHS which hopefully like you see on forums I see that you know people kind of variability in, uh, in product uh, design and fit and you know kind of and in the process of of repeating it takes a long time so if you could do something that's much quicker then hopefully that helps waiting lists and and, and doesn't kind of you know break break the budget either at the end of the day. So that's that's super exciting for for, for the whole of the UK. Um, but that that's that's most of the questions I've got through. And thank you so much for your great answers. Um, and yeah, hopefully we will do another one of these soon once we um, well further down the line to see what else has been been happening uh, with you guys. Uh, but thanks so much, Jan, and uh, we will. Yeah, get this posted online as soon as possible. Perfect. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. No problem.